Welcome to Cinebiz Real Talk. I am your host, Joshua Pearson, here today with my co-host, Stanley Yang. We're here to discuss SEO and how you can use it to market your next project. This episode is brought to you by Topsheeting. Through our payroll and production management automation, we focus on making sets run smoother and more efficiently, getting your crew paid faster and keeping everybody happier. Our goal is to make sets fun again. Hey, Stanley. Glad to have you back again. How's it going, Josh? Glad to be back. So happy to have you here on this episode. I know this is something that you know a lot about and that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Today, we're talking about SEO and keyword specifically for like marketing your film and marketing your brand as a filmmaker. So Stanley, can you can you tell our audience real quick why SEO and keyword is such a big deal in this industry because I know no one's using this, no one's talking about it. Yeah. So can you can you just share a little bit on this? Yeah, no. Literally nobody is talking about it. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> and no one's even doing it. You know, every everyone's just paying um paying for Facebook ads and paying for Twitter ads or you know, everyone's just doing paid promotion. And I think it's a, you know, paid promotion makes a lot of sense when you're, you have a huge movie budget and uh, you have tons of distribution. Yeah. But when you're a small player, you don't have that kind of distribution and you need to draw attention to what you're doing. This is the cheapest and easiest way that gives you a 10x return in terms of effort to pay out. It's ridiculous how much you can get back from writing good content. And uh, even for me personally, I come from a software perspective, you know, I have a software background, but then I I honestly think it's more important to be a good writer than it is to be a good coder. Because a lot of times, if you can't, if you can write really well, you're going to draw the right people to you. And even if you're, you can have the best product or movie or app or anything in the world, but if no one knows about it, it's going to just die in isolation. Yeah, I think this this is such a cool tool. I mean, I've been learning it from you a little bit, and mm-hmm. I absolutely love using this tool. It's a good way to gain authority online that I've noticed Yeah, mm-hmm. without having to pay for the authority, without having to pay for absolutely. clicks. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, honestly, even the big filmmakers, my personal opinion is even the big filmmakers, in addition to their paid ads, mm-hmm. should be doing this. Yeah, the big thing for a lot of people is organic takes a long time. Um, relatively long time. Yeah, you know, it's it's, a, it's at least a six to six months to a year process. But then at the same time, even though it takes a little bit of time, the payout is ridiculous down the road, right? So it's like it, every every week it compounds to be even more and more. So you really see the results in the pudding once you once you're able to put it out there. I think most studios have the budget to pay for big ads, big ad spends. They have millions and to to help with the distribution and marketing. But honestly, when you're a small player, you should really be looking at this. And then you should be really looking at it from about a year out from when you want to release your movie. You want to be starting to create content to draw attention to this movie and what you're trying to make it about. So, you know, I I hear so much um, talk from small filmmakers. They really just have no way of distribution. You know, their only way is to go and talk to people to try and get some distribution. But I was like, wow. Imagine if you had the audience already ready to watch it and then you can just release on your own terms and have people there ready to watch. You're going to be, it's going to matter to people. Yeah. And then it's going to matter to a lot of people. It's like, how do you find your audience? Like this ties along to everything that we talked about previously about building the audience, building the right network, 
building the right um, social platforms to be able to reach. And even now, it's like find once you find your audience, it's so much easier to sell to an audience that knows you and trusts you, an audience that doesn't know you. But then they're just kind of like, oh, they'll see on an ad on Facebook and then they'll go and watch the movie. If you really don't have the money, this is really the way you should go. Absolutely. And like what you I love what you said about you should really be starting this a year out for your film or even if you can start sooner, because yeah, one cool thing is, especially if you're especially if you're writing things that are based around your product or at least your brand either way or both. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I recommend write for your product, write for your brand, do both expand both because the truth is too when you have your product finished let's say you want to sell your let's say you do a feature length you want to sell it to netflix Mm -hmm. you have a big leg up with netflix if they see that your film already has an audience yep and that you as a filmmaker already has an audience yep i mean if you already have a million people following your blog and following your story and promoting this and you know yep pitching in on on kickstarter to get your film made and you get your film made and you're like hey netflix we have a million people that want to watch this are you interested easy sell it's a (laughs) Mm no-brainer yeah easy sell and you you've created a platform and even the best part is that platform can live for years and years where people keep finding that and they keep watching your movie after finding it so like really the here's the secret to executing on this strategy um, there are a lot of great tools out there that I recommend you download to be able to get started. Awesome. Um, I, I would recommend you download Keyword Surfer. is a great Chrome plugin that you can add. Basically, you can use it to look at volumes of keywords, how many people are looking up something every month. That way, it gives you a gauge of what is something that's going to drive a lot of traffic and what's something that's not going to drive traffic. I would recommend using uh, Neil Patel's Uber Suggest tool, which is a great free tool that you can use to check out which words to go after. They give you tons of recommendations and things that you can write around. Yep. I would recommend using, um, yeah, I would recommend using those two big free tools to be able to find the keywords. And really, here's a secret. Finding the keywords that are small, but then there's a small, there's an audience there. So basically what I would recommend when you start, look for keywords that are a thousand traffic and under, and then be able to use that to your advantage. Nice. So basically... Google is not going to trust you on the 50,000 a month search uh, keyword because they just don't want to trust you in the beginning because your site has no reputation. But once you've proven your worth on the small ones, they might promote you to the bigger keywords. So basically, the trick really is proving yourself as someone who's providing reliable and good content for the small keywords. So finding things are 1,000 and under and figuring out what's the customer journey when they're looking for this keyword is this person ready to buy something? Are they willing to spend money? Are they trying to learn about something? Are they trying to navigate? Are they trying to, you know, you, you have to figure out what their search intent is. Is this a buy keyword? Is this a knowledge keyword? Is this a navigational keyword? And once you kind of um, figure that out, targeting, making make a list and um, making a content calendar of what content you're going to release week after week. And then over a course of um, what what usually happens is within six to eight months, you're going to see a massive spike in your traffic. So again, coming back to our things like you should really be looking at this strategy a year out before you release your film. Um, This is going to help you hit that peak right before your movie comes out. And it's going to drive a lot of buzz, a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs to what you're doing. And then it's going to, you know, you get free promotion for doing nothing, you know, after a while. Once you lay the seeds and you plant a good content, let the algorithm do the rest of the work for you to um, just as long as you're putting out the best content 
for that specific search, you're going to be the one that wins. So again, finding um, low-hanging fruits and providing the best possible content to hit that search intent with. And then um, eventually, over about six months to eight months, you're going to see a huge spike in your traffic for free. Yeah. That you don't have to spend any ad dollars on. Yeah, exactly. Like, just for a good case study, like, you know, my wife's been using this for the top sheet blog like you know we're working with top sheet and yeah she writes a blog for them and the audience that she's been able to acquire mm -hmm. just from just from this is insane like yeah i mean she has people reaching out to her like every day via linkedin and stuff trying to get yep. her to write for them or asking her opinion or reviews yeah and it, it, it's literally because of this like this is such a huge huge tool I'm a huge advocate of it because it's like, again, you said it's little to no cost. I mean, mm -hmm. except effort. If you're going to get the best tools in the market, just time and effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's effort. Like, and you can pay someone else to put the effort in too. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, your wife is a, your wife is a talented writer. I mean, she's like, you know, she, she has a great tone when she writes. She's very, she has like a great wittiness when she's writing. So people tend to be attracted to her writing style. Yeah. So like, for her, like it's a great, it's a great tool. And even for now, we've noticed that YouTube is becoming a great tool for promotion as well too. Oh yeah. So like, again, Google's the number one search engine, YouTube's the number two search engine. So those are the two biggest search engines in the world. And now they're becoming closer and closer together. They're kind of being melded into each other. Yeah. So you're going to start seeing more YouTube results on the Google search and um, you know, it's going to just start happening. So like, you know, for, for someone like that, you can use these two search engines to create content that's driving tons of people to you. Yep. And I mean, even though you think of YouTube as like video content, mm -hmm. the written content on those pages makes all the difference in getting people to the videos. Correct. Yeah. Like, so even this, this keyword thing is super important, even on YouTube. Absolutely. Because true. with, without this, it's really hard to get an audience to watch your videos in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, no, th this is something I'm super excited about. I like how you pointed out, you know, look for things that are, are being searched a thousand times or less per month. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, the cool thing with some of these tools like, you know, cognitive SEO, it tells you how difficult it is going to be to rank on these words. Oh yeah. So like you can even adjust some of your wording to make it easier yeah. to gain authority on Google too. And you might even find things Add that are relevance to your article. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You might find something that's easier to rank on with actually a higher audience sometimes, mm -hmm. I've noticed. Yeah. There, there's times you'll see a small audience really hard to rank on, and then you adjust things a little bit, and you find something with a bigger audience, you think, oh, that's going to be impossible, and you get there, and it's, yeah. no, it's actually an easier one to rank. I can't tell you the number of times I've just changed a title, and then I've gotten way more traffic just because of more click-throughs. Yeah. You know, it's like the, when you're getting traffic and impressions, you just start tweaking your titles and making things uh, drive through better and um, again when there are three different nods when you're writing that you want to get the nods from your audience from the one number one nod is the the person needs to nod at your title and it's like hmm that's something i want to read second nod the first uh the intro line if your intro line is really good they're going to nod and then keep going and it's like how are you going to hook them with their your first paragraph like your intro paragraph that's the third nod that you're nod that you're gonna get. Hmm. So if people nod three times, then you get them to read the article. Yeah. And then when you're writing your article, think about writing in a reverse pyramid format, where it's very general at the top, but then you start going into very specific things as you go along the way. Yeah.
And it's like what you're saying with the three nods, like it's super important not only to engage an audience, mm-hmm. but to keep an audience yeah, attention. Absolutely. Because I mean, they, they do like, you know, they do track how long people spend on these yep. pages and how, how real your audience actually is. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the duration time is dependent on the importance of duration time, dependent on what kind of content you're going to put. So for example, let's say that you're, you, Josh, are writing an article that's answering a specific question. If that person's intent is just to answer that question, maybe their duration on your page is only two seconds, but then like they read the, they read your answer. They're like, cool. And they leave. Right. Yeah. Cause we do that all the time on Google. We look for an answer. We read it. We bounce. So sometimes you should judge your duration based on how good is the, um, like, what is the intent of that person? Are they trying to read a lot about it or are they trying to just read a little bit True. Um, and then get an answer and leave? Yep. So figuring out that intent is really important when you're doing SEO as well. So you can figure out what's the purpose of this guy trying to come to my website anyways. Yeah. And if you can put yourself and have empathy for that person and giving that person the best quality content that they can find, you're going to win. Yeah. No, like a good example of that, something that we just ran into the other day that just bugs me mm-hmm. is like, you know, those recipe blogs when you find a recipe that you want to cook. <laughs> oh, yeah. They make you read go all the way down. I, I <laughs> oh, hate yeah. reading their life story to get to the recipe. <laughs> just give yeah. me the recipe, please. Yeah. It's like me and Timmy have been cooking all this time. And uh, it's like, hey, I just wanted the, I just want the recipes, the steps and what I need to do. Right. Yep. <laughs> And right. so just having that, that understanding and empathy for your audience, too, yes. and being able to create something that they actually want. Right, exactly. I mean, as a filmmaker and you're telling stories, you do want to keep their attention longer, typically. There are obviously exceptions to that. No, I think that's an awesome point, too, just really kind of putting yourself in your audience's shoes. Hey, mm-hmm. am I creating content that they need thirty se- for 30 seconds, or am I creating content that they want to waste some time on? Mm-hmm. Or am I creating content that they want to learn something from? Is this yeah. educational? Well, like if you're going to a movie and you walk out after five minutes, it's like that probably wasn't the intent of your movie either. Yeah. You probably failed somewhere along the way. <laughs> yep. So um, if you have a if you have a two-hour movie and people, everyone's walking out after five minutes, there's probably something wrong mm-hmm. there that you need to figure out. So similar to that in writing, if um, you have something meant for two hours of reading, but then you see people leaving right away, something's probably wrong, right? And uh, there's some, something you need to figure out in order to get a big return on the all the keyword research and the things that you've done previously. Yeah. Well, it's like, here's just a crazy examples for, for me. So, you know, I, I wasn't raised here in Los Angeles. Like, mm-hmm. I've actually lived here two different times. And the first time I moved here in 2007, and I went to go see Transformers in theaters, the first Transformers film. Right. And that's the first time and that's all I that's all I care about ever since was the first time I've seen an audience engagement inside the movie theater. When Optimus Prime shows up on that screen, the audience erupts in applause and cheering. Yep. Like they go nuts. At the end of the film, the film got a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they know that the characters on that film can't see them applauding and going crazy. But they were so heavily engaged, they didn't care. It was like going to the Super Bowl. Yep. Like, you know, going to a Super Bowl party at a friend's house and everyone's going crazy. Like, they were getting that same level of engagement with their film. Mm -hmm. And as a filmmaker and as a storyteller, like, that should be your heart, is to really just get that heavy engagement Mm -hmm. all the way through. Like, when you do a blog, dude, if you got people clapping or just getting teary-eyed or excited as they're reading... Mm -hmm. That's engagement. Yep. And but you, this tool here is great because this allows you to have that hook and that ability 
to stand out and be found. Because mm-hmm. the whole, as a creator, like, you might be able to make great content, but if your content's not able to be found, it's useless. Yep. It's all about marketing and creating a good product and marketing it well. Yeah. I mean, there's some great story out tellers out there that, you know, their projects never see the light of day because mm. they don't know how to market it. Exactly. They don't know how to get it in front of people. Right. And this tool is is awesome because you don't have to have money to get your product in front of people. Right. You don't have to even, you know, we talk about the important network. You don't actually have to know the right people for this. Exactly. To get your product in front of people. You can be the right person to get your product in front of people's eyes. Yep. Yeah. It's a bit of taking that destiny, destiny into your own hands in some ways of um, controlling your outcome and being able to support a successful outcome in some ways. Of like, yeah. Even um, for for business, it's been great. You know, for business SEO has been a huge return on investment for sure. Mm-hmm. Just putting out good content that resonates with the right people and has reached the right people has been has paid dividend, huge dividends for us. And you know, the cost is minimal compared to the returns. And the best thing is like, it's it's really a gift that keeps on giving. And literally, no one in the film market is talking about this. Because everyone's just spending massive ad dollars trying to burn through their marketing budget. Yep. No one's talking about this. And if you're if you're not in a place where you have a you know multi million dollar distribution budget, this should be really the first tool that you think about doing. It's it's probably going to be here and on YouTube, potentially Instagram. But yeah, like these are all things that you can do with just time and effort. You can really start getting that ball rolling for yourself. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think this is. This tool is key. And then also just based on this tool, like, can we give like the audience just, I mean, I I think, you know, some of them just give them some real numbers on the return that we've been able to see firsthand because like, you know, we spent what less than a thousand dollars on everything towards this. And technically you could do it for free. If you use other, there's, you know, there's some tools that are a little bit behind, but they still work. But like based on that, like like what what are some real numbers of of returns that we've been able to uh, see? I gotcha. Yeah. So in terms of customer acquisition cost for business, uh, it's a it's a no brainer. I mean, uh, yeah, we for a pretty minimal investment, we were able to get you know returns that keep on returning. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think our our customer acquisition cost is like pretty much nothing, and then like the we're getting a lot of customers for spending no money. So it's like essentially we had the fixed cost of. Um, paying for certain tools to help make our jobs easier. But after those tools, it's not like we, it's a fixed cost for us for the year. It's not a variable cost that's going up and up like um, social media ad spends would be or on, you know, Google ads would have been. It just, uh, we pay a fixed cost for a certain tools that we need to make our writing job easier. And then basically after that, it's just a free cash flow and our customer acquisition cost has been remarkably low. So it's like, I would say like, you know, for, if you're able to invest the time and effort to doing it yourself, it can almost be completely free. Yeah. And if you're going to hire writers, it just depends on who you're hiring and how good they are. And um, if you're hiring great writers, you you'll probably get a, you know, you'll probably spend, uh, th- let's say, give or take, uh, one to three hundred dollars per post, and then be able to get something pretty decent quality out there pretty fast. Yeah. So it just depends on wh- whether you're willing to roll up your sleeves and do it. Or you're gonna hire a team or an agency or yeah. you know a bunch of a writing house to help you do this job, but it's like there are many different ways to skin this cat. Yep, and it just depends on what your level of spending you want it to be. If you're willing to just do it, roll up your sleeves and do it yourself, it can be pretty much darn 
next to nothing yeah just to do do this kind of work and then you can see huge returns after a while and yeah exactly and i mean one of the cool things about what you were just saying there is the fact that you know it depends on what your level of spending you want it to be meaning you don't have to be like made of money to do this you can literally do it yourself with no money and still build an audience yep you can bootstrap it all yourself if you if you wanted to yeah and so it's one of those things it's just like the reason this stands out to me is it there's no excuse yeah there's no excuse as to why oh i can't do it because i just can't afford it the only reason why i can think of someone not wanting to do this is that they're trying to do a time release of a of something for their film yes so like um, they don't want anything to anyone to know anything about this movie until a certain time then i i would understand um, if that's the case for you, if you have like very, um, you have deadlines that you want to be able to do something really grand, yeah, planning some kind of grand thing, and you don't want anyone to know about, you know, the let's just say like the season eight of Game of Thrones or something crazy like that. There's some secrets you don't want to know go out there. Then maybe that's the only reason why I can see someone not doing this. If you have like a bunch of things you're trying to keep under wraps, yeah. But even still, in 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 that case, you need a personal brand. Like you still, like there's still a reason to do it. Correct. Let's say you don't want your product to be known. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when you're ready to have that time release, you need to be able to have an audience. St- like you still need an audience ready for that time release. Yep. So if you're building your personal brand this way, let's say you know, I'm a director, producer, writer, actor. Like let's say I do it all independent, whatever. But I want to do this really cool, like just surprise release of this pro of my film or my short film or whatever, it's still very helpful to have an audience. You don't yep. have to say a word about your film. Yep. Talk about yourself. Make make your brand. Yeah. Make your name known. So that way when you're ready for a time release, you already have an audience to release yep. it to. And uh I would almost equate it to like, you know, now a lot of artists they're doing like a sudden drop of an album. They don't tell anyone. There's no indication they drop it all of a sudden. Yeah. But then you think about for these so if I'm Drake or Beyonce, it's very easy because I have a huge network, huge distribution. I have a huge brand. Yep. I can drop things and people are going to care right away. Yeah. And then um, for yourself, it's like, how can you elevate your brand to be at a place where you have a platform? And there's some great, you know, there's some great resources um, out there. And there, I can't even talk enough about people who use their platform to create a business. You can take the Kylie Jenners out there who, you know, used her brand as a Kardashian to create a massive brand for her business. It might not be as big as she says it is, but it's still a big business. And there's also a lot of other people who build software businesses based on the following they have online. They turn it into a real business generating millions of dollars of income based on the following of people that trust them. Yeah. So again, to Josh's point, the power of your personal brand and influence is also very important as well. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, Doing this for a specific project, excellent, but also doing this for your personal brand or your production company or whatever it is you have going. If you and some friends have a ragtag production company, you know, you're just, you're guerrilla filming, mm-hmm. still promote your your guerrilla filming production company. Like, 100%. There's some cool products that come from guerrilla filming. Mm-hmm. There are some really cool stuff. Yep. I mean, look what they did with Blair Witch Project. That was pretty guerrilla film yep. style. And it's huge. Yep. Paranormal activities the same way too. Yeah. I'm not saying anything against doing that. Absolutely. I think the the creative freedom you get from doing that is fantastic. But mm-hmm. I, I, I do push, hey, promote, promote what you got. Mm-hmm. Even if it can't be the product or if it is the product, promote what you have. Yeah. And the one thing I will say 
it is more work. Like if you're already doing a lot of work as a filmmaker, it is more work. Yep. But it's worth it. Yep. And honestly, in my personal experience so far, it's been a lot less stress, Mm -hmm. even though it's more work. Yeah. Because I know the next step to take. And there's no nothing more beautiful than business just coming in without you having to go out there and sell. Yeah. Honestly, there's no greater feeling than inbound traffic, inbound sales than outbound sales. It's so hard to sell when you're going out there and pushing it to people. Mm-hmm. It's so easy if you pull them in and they already like what you're doing. Yeah. Who has, who has an easier time? The Apple store or the kiosk selling watches in the middle of the mall? Exactly. The Apple Store, people are going inside there. They already have intent on that product. Yep. The kiosk, they're having to beg people. Hey, can you stop and look at my product? Yep. Can you smell this perfume? They're having to literally beg people to come over. Yep. So would you rather be the kiosk in the middle of the mall just begging people to come to you? Or would you rather be the storefront where people are walking in the door without you saying a word? Yep. Like, to me, that, that that's no brainer. I've been in sales. There ain't. There's no way I'm going to be the kiosk guy. I did you know, telemarketing for a minute. Yep. Worst experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you want to have a more enjoyable experience, even though it might be more work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you the inbound is, is it's the game. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's, it's where you should be putting a lot of your focus on for sure as a filmmaker. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, Stanley, thank you for your time. It's my pleasure. This one's exciting. I really hope everyone out there got something out of this one. Please, if you don't know anything about SEO keyword, you can look it up or you can even, again, as we've been saying, please comment, leave comments, ask us questions. We're happy to, you know, send you links, get get in the right direction. And just, yeah, I mean, if you've been listening to our show, please uh, recommend it to friends and I hope you all have a great week. Thank you all for listening. Again, Cinebiz Real Talk has been created and brought to you by Top Sheeting. We are an automated payroll and production solution. We have apps on online software to help make film better. If you have any questions, please go to topsheet.io and jump into our chat. We're here to help. Everyone stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.